All right, let's bow our heads for prayer. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and so grateful that we can gather together. Lord, we lift up each and every one of our prayer requests. You know the need. And ask that you just draw near unto them and they draw near unto you. Lean on you for their peace and comfort and well-being. We ask for healing, Father, on these prayer requests. And we ask that your will be done in each and every one of their lives. And that through that you may be glorified and honor brought unto you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, turn with me this morning if you will. If you have your Bibles to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. And we've been talking, last week we went through the ark and what the ark stood for and represented. And this morning we're going to see that deliverance. So in Genesis chapter 8 it said, Then God remembered Noah and every living thing in all the ark. Oh, okay, y'all let me go ahead and ask for your forgiveness now. I, don't, I left my big worded Bible at the house, so... It was dead. Then God remembered knowing every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the hundred and fifty days, the waters decreased. Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the seventeenth day of the month, on the mountain of Ariot. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. Now, what I really want to point out here in this passage this morning is Noah's patience. Noah's patience. You know, as when, when we go through life and we have different trials and tribulations and circumstances, what is the biggest thing that we struggle with? And that, is, for me, is waiting on God. Waiting on God. And here we have Noah and, and all these animals who are shut up in the ark. And I'm sure, I'm sure they got weary of rocking back and forth in that boat and just rain day after day after day and when the when the rain stopped I can only imagine the thoughts that went through Noah's mind I'm freezing you out aren't I I'm sorry y'all can bump it up a little bit if you need to oh, there you go but I can only imagine the thoughts that went through Noah's mind and that was let's get out of here it was a huge boat, we know that. But it was still confinement, wasn't it? But, but let me remind you what we talked about last week. Noah was shut up in God's security. He was shut up in God's provision. So I, I, even though I think he, would like to, he, he was ready to get out of that boat, I think he was content. 
Because when I, when I am shut up in God's security and His provision, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. So Noah must have been at peace in that ark. But now the rain has stopped. And I guess the sun probably has come through the clouds. We all know what that looks like. And I'm sure the thoughts that were going through Noah's mind were, oh, thank you, Jesus, we're about to get out of here. We're about, things are about to get better. But what does he do? He waits. He waits for God to give him instruction to move. In our circumstances and in, in the trials of our life, do we really wait on God to tell us to move or do we move on our own? When we move on our own, we, we get ourselves in trouble, don't we? But here Noah is patiently waiting. It says, in verse 5, And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of this month, the tops of the mountains were seen. So it came to pass at the end of the 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Remember where the, the window was, right? Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. He also sent out from, him, from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. And she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. And he walked yet another, uh, he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent out a dove from the ark. So Noah sent out the dove. Just like we send out our request unto the Lord. And when the dove came back, it had no answer other than there was, it wasn't dry, right? And because, because it, it wasn't ready, the situation, the circumstance wasn't ready for movement, Noah just drew her back into himself and waited. When we make our request known unto the Lord and we don't get the answer that that is, the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal the, the, the true answer to us, and we're not sure we should wait. We should be patient. I'm going to tell you something. God will kick you in the tail and make you move. It doesn't hurt to be patient. He'll force you to move. But the worst thing we can do is move on our own. Is, is, is make the wrong move. So the safe move is always to be patient and wait. And he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. And Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So he waited yet another seven days. And sent out of which did not return again to him anymore. See, he sent out the dove and he it came back with an olive leaf, and I'm sure he thought, hmm, 
it, it must be time. It's close. But I'm not sure, so what am I going to do? I'm going to wait till I am sure. If it's close, then if I wait just a little bit longer, it might be sure. The moment, how many times have, have we thought, man, God answered, that, that's what I'm supposed to do. And we make a move, and that wasn't exactly what we were supposed to do. I have. The Holy Spirit has been sent to us to speak to our hearts, to, to minister to us and tell us and talk to us and speak to us the things of God and what He would have us to do in our life. And we, we, if, if we exercise patience in those, in those times in our life and, and we really wait on the Lord, He will make it very clear to us at what we're supposed to do. But, but you see here, Noah waited an extra seven days. So he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which he did not return to him anymore. Didn't come back. That was his clear-cut answer, that it was all right to make a move. And it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked. And indeed, the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month of the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons, and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives went with him. Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, and whatever creeps on earth according to their families went out of the ark. Well, you're talking about a rejoiceful, rejoicing day, wasn't it? Can you imagine him dropping that big old one door? And the flood that went out of that ark. Salvation has come to the ark. Redemption. A purified earth. A clean earth. A new beginning. The same new beginning that takes place when a lost sinner enters the ark of Jesus. A cleansing, a purifying, a new start. Now the earth can be repopulated. Now, now everything that left the ark has a chance to, to, to rightly live under God's new world. Just as when we are, we are sinners and we have been redeemed, once we come through salvation, we have a chance now to live in a way that glorifies God. But before we entered that ark, we couldn't. Before we went through that one door, which was Jesus Christ, we couldn't, we, we couldn't offer up and live a life that, that 
is rewarding or glorified God. But once we took part in, in, in His salvation, then we have an offering. Then we have an offering. It said then in verse 20, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. The very first thing he did, didn't say he danced a happy dance, didn't say they threw a feast or had a party, but the very first thing he did was build an altar unto the Lord. Because Noah understood Noah understood his relationship to God and God's authority over him and the whole world and what had just taken place and that God had chose him out of a wicked world and saved him. He and his family. Not just him, but his family. And that because God loved his creation so much, he, he, he picked out two of each and every kind of sub-creatures that were on the, world, on the earth. And put them in that ark. And protected them. While he cleansed the earth. See, there's no cleansing. There's no other cleansing like God's cleansing. When He cleans you, you're thoroughly clean. There was nothing left of the old when those waters resided. Nothing. It was all new. When He washes away our sins by the blood of Calvary, it's all gone. That's why he says there's far from the east is from the west. How far is it? I can't put a number to it. You can't put a number to it. But once he cleanses us, our, our old person, our old nature is gone. Let go of it. We have trouble with that, don't we? We are now in a position once we've been saved that we can be forgiven. We can walk away from it. That old doesn't matter anymore. What matters is ahead. How we walk now from the, from, from, from the time we get saved to the future. He has, is, he is, through salvation, put us in standing where, where now we can, we, can, we can be right. We can make the right choices. We, we can choose against that old man. True cleansing. But it says here that the first thing he did was he made an altar unto the Lord. What are our altars? NASCAR? Lake? Bank account? We all have different altars, don't we? 
But we should have one altar. One altar. That's an altar unto the Lord. But it says he, he made an altar to the Lord. He built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings to the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said to his, in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing I have done, as I have done. In that manner. It's going to be destroyed again. It's just not going to be by water. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Next week we're going to look at the covenant in which he made with Noah. And what it means. But this morning I want you to take particular attention to the attitude of Noah's heart. I don't, I, there wasn't any pride in Noah. He, he, didn't, he didn't open the door and say, man, this ark that I have built, it sustained me. Look what I, look what I accomplished. No, he threw open the door and made an altar and gave thanks and paid homage to the one the only one who saw him through. The one that made provision. The one that saved his family. Because of his faithfulness. All throughout what we've read so far about Noah has to do with his faithfulness. And his family was saved because of his faithfulness. His, his family in, got to get on the ark because of Noah's faithfulness. The first thing he did was throw open the door and create an altar and offer sacrifices. And it said that it pleased God. So that's not what it said. It says it was a sweet-smelling aroma. It pleased him. A sweet-smelling aroma. And in that, out of that, comes a covenant. A covenant made by God, not by Noah. But a covenant initiated by God with man that we'll look at next week. I ask you this morning, where's your altar? Where's your altar? Where's your patience? Mine are thin. Mine are weak. He works on my patience on a daily basis. We, there's a, we got a situation going on right now, and my wife had to remind me the other day, be patient. Just be patient. Just wait. She's absolutely correct. Because if my provision is through my Lord and Savior, what do I have to be antsy about? What do I have to be anxious about? All it's going to do is, is stir up 
no, no peace in my life, isn't it? We, didn't we just come out of talking about joy and peace? Worry? What do I have to be anxious about? He's proven throughout my life that He's going to take care of me. Why, why do I doubt it now? Because I'm still living in the temple of an old man. I'm still living in the temple of fallen flesh. Just like you are. So it's natural. It's natural for, ha for us to have these weaknesses in faith. But when we bathe ourselves in the Word of God and in prayer, we strengthen that faith. And we can rise up above it and take a stand on God's Word knowing that He is going to be our provision. He will sustain us. may not look like what we want it to look like in the end. may not be what we thought it, was, it would be. But we will be able to endure to the end. And that's all He's asked us to do is to endure to the end. He doesn't ask us to, to be rich with money or things when we, when we get ready to go. He doesn't ask us to have trophies all over the wall. But instead, endure. When you endure, that means there's going to be hard times in between. There's going to be trials and tribulations that we have to go through. We're going to get scarred up, scratched up. Just endure by faith. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather together and share your word. We thank you for all you have done to bless this family, to bless this church family. We ask that you would continue to lead us, guide us, and direct us. And Lord, give us the patience to wait on your lead. And to wait on you to tell us to move. Father, we ask that as we go forward, I plead the blood of Jesus over this church. Everyone that's represented here, those that couldn't be here this morning, Lord, that you protect each and every one. And that you would continue to stir our hearts and stir our minds and draw us nearer to you. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.